Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. This is episode number 90. My name is Gabe Estel. I'm here with my co-hosts, Dennis Levi Leach and Jonathan Guess. Happy opening day, boys. Indeed. Excellent. And we are joined by a special guest. About four seasons ago, we asked him a question. It said, do you feel like we do? And he answered yes. Uh, he is one of our favorite Twitter personalities. I think this is the fourth time he's been on uh, the podcast. Uh, you are now the uh, the only member of the Four Timers Club. It's like an SNL thing. We're going to get you like a robe. This is important. I want to be like your your Billy Preston. You know, That's I want to cool. be the fourth uh, rock and roll guy. That's right. <laughs> um, you can find him at Super 70 Sports. His name is Ricky Cobb. Ricky, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm great, Gabe. I mean, what a pleasure to be back with you guys. Four years now, this is the sure sign that baseball is upon us. So I, I love it. Absolutely. That optimism, that opening day optimism is in the air. Uh, hell, even even Marlins fans can probably, mm-hmm. I don't know, feel a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> feel okay. They were excited about that four-run fifth or whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> Was there was there anything more appropriate, by the way, than the first pitch of the season against the Marlins being a homer? Right. Yeah, they didn't even have a second to uh, to think. Well, maybe this season could exceed expectations. It, no, the only thing that um, would have made it better is if it like knocked the beer out of Derek Jeter's hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Watson was saying, this is probably the first time he the guy ever got booed on opening day. You know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, again, Ricky is from at Super 70 Sports, which is uh, really one of the best things going on Twitter. And uh, also, you know, Ricky's got a podcast as well, a Super 70 Sports podcast, has interviewed uh, a lot of the people we grew up watching. Um, you guys, you've had like uh, Dale Murphy on the show, right, Ricky? Um, uh, Gary Templeton was on the yeah, show? Yeah, Gary or... Templeton, Dave Parker. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Alan Trammell has uh, been on. Uh, I've been really lucky. I've had a lot of had a lot of really great guests, not not only from baseball but from other sports and uh, a few celebrities as well. I've got one actually that I'm editing and getting up this weekend is Barry Williams from the Brady Bunch. Oh, so, nice. yeah, awesome. so I've been, I've been really psyched about that one, you know. So it's basically 45 minutes of me uh, uh, being Chris Farley uh, interviewing Paul McCartney, you know, <laughs> just saying. So like, remember that time you were on the Brady Bunch? That was cool. You know. <laughs> the episode with Marsha's nose. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a real kick though. He was one of the guys that I'd always wanted to have on because what's more seventies, you know, than the Brady Bunch. Right. So, uh, so yeah, it's been a it's been a blast, man. It continues to be, and I, you know, I'm just super lucky, living the dream here with Super Seventy Sports. Your your oh, conversation with Rob Lowe is really fun. I recommend people check it out. Oh, thank so. you, thank you. Yeah, that was a good one. I, you know, he was a, he was a, a, a really fortunate one because not only was he a great get, but he actually was a really entertaining guest too. Right. Sometimes the big names aren't always the, you know, the best episodes of the podcast. But in the case of Rob, you know, he delivered the star factor, and then he was just really engaging and funny too. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you like that one. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, recommend it. And then, and, and also, Ricky, I know for a while now you've been working on a, a, a book with a, a focus on baseball. You just want to tell us and, just a little about it? 
Well, you know, my wife, uh, you know, just tells me that at some point, you know, you need to actually write this book and get it published. And, and then I counter back. I'm like, well, I'm going to be at the American Writers Museum just because I you told people I was writing a book. So maybe this is the best deal, you know, never actually deliver right. the book. You don't have anything to live up to. They invite you to panels. Just get but, the advances. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I've you know, found a loophole in the system here. Uh, yeah, the book is uh, an oral history of baseball in the 1970s. I've interviewed over the course of the last almost three years that I've been uh, working on it, uh, gathering interviews. I'm functionally done now. There'll probably be a few more interviews, but basically this uh, spring and summer are going to be sp uh, spent transcribing and then piecing it together because the story is going to be told through the words of of these players that I've interviewed and um, you know, it's mostly, mostly players, but I have interviewed uh, uh, you know, some various announcers and other people who uh, you know, had uh, some association with the game uh, you know, either through television or in some cases just uh, high profile fans, uh, that kind of thing. So it's been a, it's been a great pleasure to uh, go through the interview process. It's going to be, I hope a lot more fun uh, even to actually sit down and piece it together. So it's it, it's going to be interesting, and it, it's going to be a challenge. And I'm hoping that by the end of this summer, it'll, it'll be ready to go to a publisher. And uh, I'd like for it to see the light of day sometime next year, maybe ideally uh, right around the start of baseball season, maybe a year from now uh, would, would be my goal. So keep your fingers crossed for me. We look forward to it, man. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Well, tonight uh, we're here to uh, to make to make a to kind of like just really talk about the the uh, the season that's upon us. Going to make some predictions. Maybe just talk a little bit about a few of the storylines uh, for the 2018 season. Now, Jonathan, you said you had a few items you kind of wanted to throw out there. Um, what before we kind of get into our picks? What uh, what, what angles are you looking at? Yeah, so, you know, I'm just thinking about what, uh, what I'm curious what everybody's looking forward to this year. And, and uh, I definitely have a, a, a few things. And, and right off the top of my head, I am looking forward to hating the Yankees again. Uh, <laughs> you know, last year. You what's that, did Ricky? You, I said, did you stop at some point? You know, last hey. year was strange because... They were you could kind of root for him in a way because they were still so young and Aaron Judge is a really likable guy, um, yeah. and and it looks like you know he he's going to be a, a pretty likable guy for the foreseeable future. But then now they've you know they they've reloaded with you know Giancarlo Stanton and they're turning into the Yankees again, um, where they're you know just bringing in all this big talent and getting overloaded with it. And so last year, yeah, I could. I mean, the Royals weren't really competing, so I wasn't, I wasn't as stressed about what the hell the Yankees were doing. And don't get me wrong, I was happy that they didn't make it to the World Series. I wasn't rooting for them to go to the World Series, but um, uh, it, it was interesting to see how they did manage to rebuild and and kind of uh, get a jump on on their being uh, competitive again. And so, but this year now, you know, uh, the gloves are off, and and we can go ahead and 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 hate them mercilessly. Um, so. I'm looking forward to that, and um, when the Yankees and the Red Sox inevitably play 
a five and a half hour nine inning game in the playoffs that more people will get behind uh, uh, the pitch clock and and the other new pace of play rules that need to that that are meant for a Red Sox Yankees playoff series. Yeah, yeah. You know, aside from Stanton, who'd they bring in? I mean, like you, you mentioned, all these other folks they brought in. Who who else did they get in the off season? Oh, um, well, they're. Their roster, um, no, it's mostly homegrown. Uh, you know, they did bring in Neil Walker at the last minute, um, but he's not exactly a huge pickup. But he's he's a he's a good guy. I mean, he's a, he's a good player. Um, otherwise, it is mostly homegrown with you know Gardner obviously and and uh, Gary Sanchez and Didi Gregorius and um, but uh, uh, I'm I'm mostly just put off by the whole Giancarlo Stanton uh, pickup and um, otherwise, you know they. What they got Sonny Gray in the middle of the year last year, didn't they? Or... Well, and, and you just know as soon as something, if something would happen to go bad or something, or if they start losing some games, they're the first team that'll throw money at the problem. Oh yeah, like trading to for Magnus like, or yeah, yeah, you know. I, well, you know, the, the problem for me is I, I like uh, Giancarlo Stanton. You know, he uh, no, and I realize that. Uh, the least interesting thing in the world to other people is your fantasy team. But John uh, Carlo <laughs> just he just threw my fantasy team on his back last year and it took me to a title. So, uh, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a Stanton fan. He seems like a good guy. And then I'm also a really big Aaron Boone fan. Uh, I, I like Aaron Boone a lot. And so he's a guy that I would like to see be successful. So um, I don't know. I, I I don't know if this is me softening up in my old age or what, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't find the Yankees as unlikable as I used to, but that's probably just a character flaw that I've developed. <laughs> well, there's more likable characters on the team than there used. Like you know, there's no yeah. Lemons, there's no Steinbrenner. You yeah, know? yeah. I, I think like Jonathan said, I, I think Judge is a big part of it. Because he's he's really kind of the new face of the team in a lot of respects, and he just seems like a really good guy. And, and yeah, it's, it's like they more to the friendly Yankees. Yeah, they're which, like which is crazy Yankees, but they're still you know super rich and will crush you. Right? So, <laughs> they're they're still the Yankees, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I say, I'm uh, I'm an Aaron Boone guy. I, uh, I I like him, and I hope that he does well. Talking about, I'll, I'll throw one in for a second. One of my kind of things, kind of hanging over the season for me. It was a strange off season, as you guys know, in the sense that um, several big name free agents didn't get signed until really, I don't know, until we were halfway into spring training. Right. Uh, and so there's a lot of talk about sort of the modern era, quote unquote, of free agency uh, sunsetting. A part of me thinks that may not be true because Bryce Harper's about to get basically a half a billion dollars next year. Um, but also, the times have changed in the sense that you used to be a good GM if you went out and spent a bunch of money and, and acquired a bunch of pieces to put together a championship caliber team every year. Now, it's reversed. You're a good GM if you don't spend a bunch you know what I mean? You're a good GM if you if you take the Billy Bean approach um, and remain frugal and even 
fan bases seem to be okay with teams sucking for a few years, more than they used to be. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I'm a White Sox fan, and it's obviously a team going through a transition right now, hopefully for the better. But, you know, I talk to a lot of White Sox fans, and everybody's like, yeah, I'm okay with them being shitty, you know, for a little while. Um, and that, to me, that that represents kind of an attitude shift. I don't know if you guys see that yeah. around. Well, I, well, I, agree. I, I think what the Cubs and Astros have done over the course of the last several years, um, teams, whether or not they'll be able to execute it as well as Chicago and Houston did is – up for debate but for right now you have gms and front offices i think that can go to the fan base and say hey look you see what the cubs did you see what the astros did kansas city too right that's what we're trying to do right now so you know we're going to take our lumps be patient and we'll have something to show for it now it's not going to obviously it's not going to work every time a team does that yeah it didn't work for kansas city for about 18 years (laughs) <laughs> right, right, and and you know it, there's only so much that fans can take. They'll get a little, they'll start to get itchy uh, after you you lose for you know a few seasons in a row. Particularly unless they're in a market where they've just had all the hope beaten out of them, like Kansas City and Pittsburgh did for a long time. Yeah. Chicago for <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, mean true, it, true. But if you know if you're doing it in a market that has had a history of success, it's probably a little bit of a tougher sell to say like, ah, eh, you know, we're gonna punt half a decade, and just, you'll deal with it. But, but if yeah, you tell, just, go ahead, Levi. No, I was just gonna say I liken it to like I'm looking forward to like once Tom Brady retires, maybe the Patriots are gonna lose for the next fifty years. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the trade-off. Like I had to live through his success. And then he'll never win again during my lifetime. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Well, careful. Now, you know, as a Bears fan, as we were just waiting for Brett Favre to retire, and then you saw Aaron Rodgers in his first season as a starter, and you realize he's better than Brett Favre. Yeah, careful. Careful who you wish to retire. Um, I I think that... Belichick probably draft that guy in this, you know, fifth round this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Out of UConn or something. Um, Right. But I, I think if if the management, if the ownership's up fr- up front with the fans about it, and they're like, "Look, you know, we're gonna parking's gonna be free, tickets gonna be like eight bucks, um, you know, kids are gonna be able, to, you're gonna be able to take your family to the game and only have to spend like fifty or sixty bucks, uh, and we're gonna suck," then that's the trade off. I think people are willing to take. Um, but if you're still going to charge 20 bucks for parking and, or more, <laughs> that's a very Midwestern price. Um, and, uh, and it's, and it's still going to cost, you know, uh, eight bucks for nachos. Then that, that, that's where the alienation really starts to set in. If, if you're 20 games under 500. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I feel terrible for the, the fans in Miami because, you know, that, that's not a team that's ever historically drawn well anyway, when they've been good. And I, I was actually uh, talking to a friend today, and I said, you know, just wait and see this year. They're going to – I absolutely – I don't know what the, the official attendance will be for some of these games, but I absolutely promise you, in my opinion, the Marlins are going to have some games this year where they have less than 1,000 fans in that ballpark. Absolutely. Oh, there were plenty of empty seats today. Tons. Jeez. Oh, freaking opening day of, you know, great weather in South Florida. 
and, and like they had it all opened up. It was all looking nice. Yeah. And then Ian Happ came area, up to bat. It's an area, yeah. It's an area with you know, like there's money down there. There's you know, glitz and glamour, South Beach, and they just can't do it. You know. Well, it's so funny that that the minor leagues and spring training are so supported down there, but the home team can't get people to come. Good point. Yeah. The same way over in Tampa too. Like, I mean, granted that's not as glitzy of an area, but it's still. You know, it's still a lot of transplants with money. Um, and, you know, they had those Madden years there where they, they put together, like, you know, five competitive seasons in a row, like five 90-win seasons. Yeah, yeah I mean, seriously. They couldn't sell out playoff games. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but Florida can really only support probably one MLB team. Oh, go figure, because they can support three NFL teams and, like, five legit college football teams. <laughs> right? They, they've got a couple of NHL teams, you yeah. know, for crying out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, you know. <laughs> baseball, not so much. I, I don't know what the deal is. I mean, I know Tampa wants a wants a new stadium that's actually in, you know, across the bay. Because part of their problem is, is they're, you know, they're over, you know, across the bay from where so much of the population is. Right. And they're playing in that dome, which I'm just going to say it. I went to the Trop last year for the first time. I actually liked it. but Really? Uh, yeah. But having said that, I'm a bit of an odd duck when it comes to that kind what'd of What did you stuff. like about I, it? Gosh, I like the fact that it felt like I was stepping back into the 80s, which is probably <laughs> the exact reason that everybody else hates it. It's when it was um, designed. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like... A, it's it's a ret, it's a retro feel in the in the uh, you know most authentic way, which probably is a turnoff for a lot of people. But I actually kind of I, I dug it. But um, you know they need an open air ballpark, at least something with a retractable roof, and they they really need to relocate uh, and get across uh, the bay to where it's you know not so out of the way for uh, the, the population to get there, but. Miami, I don't know what Miami's deal is. You know, they've got this new ballpark that they wanted, and it, it did they? You know, I heard Jeter was going to get rid of that LSD uh, aquarium home run machine. Is it still there? It's uh, on yeah. today on today's broadcast with ESPN. He talked about that. They questioned him on it. So what did he and, say? Um, first off, he said that he he's never publicly said he doesn't like it. So then they said, okay, do you dislike it? <laughs> and he's like, it's unique. That's all, that's all he would say. Yeah, he hates the coach, man. He knows yeah. I, I, well, I, I guess he technically doesn't have, even though he's ownership, he doesn't have the right to get rid of it, is what they were saying after after they interviewed him. I think it's because it's an official art installation, and so it's like up to the city. Uh, there you go. Yeah, because get this. The city paid for the goddamn stadium and the art installation, so Jeter probably doesn't have a say. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I, I want to check out the park. I mean, I like the fact that they went bold on the design. <clears throat> I was telling Jonathan and Levi this text earlier today. I don't know about you, Ricky, but I, I feel like the 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 new retro that started with Camden Yards that was cool at first, but I think it became kind of passe after that. Yeah. So I, I, I like the fact that the Marlins just went like, fuck it, let's make it look like a spaceship. You know, I, I, I actually, I've never been there, but on television, 
I think it's kind of refreshing. Apart from I would, I think I would get rid of the contraption. But uh, but a lot of these, a, a lot of these retro parks, they, you know, it's a different sort of cookie cutter. People derided the 1970s and they said, well, Riverfront Stadium, Veteran Stadium, Bush Stadium, Three Rivers, it's all the same thing and. You know, I don't know. A lot of these new parks, they just all kind of look alike to me. At least, at least some of these that I see on television that I haven't been to yet. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, Gabe. I, I think the Marlins did something a little bit different, and you know, I think maybe teams should get a little more creative and put their own stamp on things rather than just having the latest, you know, sort of bland retro-themed yeah. ballpark. Speaking of, I mean, we mentioned the NFL. The Vikings did a really cool job with their new stadium, how it looks like a Viking ship and everything. And I'm hoping that is where, like, you know, this Miami and and in Minnesota now, maybe that's the push now. We're going to have more modern type of architecture. Yeah, and Um, even even the domes don't feel like that they're inside, which is what I hear about Minnesota, is that you don't, it doesn't feel like you're in a dome when you're in that new stadium. Right. And uh, so, Ricky, I'll give you the center field contraption art installation. We can get rid of it. I want to pull the slide out of Milwaukee. I, I don't want to see that bastard go down that slide one more time. I went down it quite a bit this year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when, when my oldest daughter was younger, she loved that. But, uh, you know what? If that's the cost of business of getting rid of uh, that contraption in Miami, then you can you can take Bernie's, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> or whatever it is, and the the everything about it. Good deal. Good you know, deal. So that's fine with me. <laughs> you know, I I uh, the word I was looking for his chalet is that technically his chalet. <laughs> At least if he's going to go down the slide, go down into a mug of beer again, like the 1970s, okay? They had to sanitize it, and now he just slides down to nothing. You know, when he's sitting into a big, fat mug of beer, I mean, at least at least you can get behind that part of it. Amen. <laughs> to go from chalet to Shohei, uh, Shohei Otani is, is another uh, another thing I'm looking forward to this year. Uh, I think he had a hit today. Um, yeah. Now, I'm what I'm looking for. So, for uh, our listeners who aren't aware, Shohei Otani is the uh, uh, the Japanese import prospect who's like 24, and he's going to be a starting pitcher for the Angels as well as uh, a, a regular hitter, DH. And I, I'm looking forward to him establishing a new 15-15 club, getting 15 wins and hitting 15 home runs. Uh, nice. I, I looked it up. In 1918, Babe Ruth led the league with 11 home runs, uh, dead ball era, of course, while going 13 and seven on the mound. So, Babe Ruth had it basically established the 11-11 club. Otani can establish the 15-15 club and surpass Babe within reason. Did he hit any- What's that? Did he hit any homers in spring training? Oh no, he was awful in spring training. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had a bad spring training. I think he was like three for twenty-eight. Yeah. Or something like that. He gave up like nine runs and two and two thirds yeah. innings. Yeah. You know, the best thing about spring training for Otanhe is is that it's it's over, you know. So 
Um, he got a fresh start today. I guess he went one for three or something like that. So I, you know, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a great story. So I'm, I'm rooting for the story. And if he were able to uh, have a good year at both the plate and pitching, I think it's great for baseball. So, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the kid and I would like to see Otani, uh, you know, do well. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting what happens when he pitch when he starts. Like so, he's going to be batting, uh, just in the, uh, you know, it, in in the order probably not necessarily ninth. And then when he's taken out, it's going to be like a bunch of double switches, and the and Sosha is going to have to manage like a National League manager, right? Yeah, from a managerial perspective, it's going to present some challenges. Good ones. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I'm not sure if he's going to uh, bat on the days that he pitches. Oh, really? Okay. I think it's possible that they may just DH someone else. And then, you know, I know that they've got a plan to DH him two or three times a week otherwise. But I'm, you know, I'm not 100% sure on that. But I want to, for some reason, I have this feeling that uh, he's not, at least initially, they're not going to have, uh, you know, effectively be his own DH. And that's probably a good move. Yeah. Well, especially in this era where, you know, he's probably only going to be going five or six innings most of the time. It, you do kind of leave yourself with a hell of a problem at that point, um, especially as big as these pitching staffs are. You know, teams don't tend to have a lot of bats on the bench, um, you know, to deal with that sort of thing. Particularly American League teams, they don't really need to. So, you know, I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch whatever they decide to do with him. Yep, yep. Before we get into our predictions, sir, I'll ask you guys one question. Um, we'll go around the horn with it because it's a quick one. Is there a better chance of the Cubs winning the World Series this year or the White Sox finishing 500? Cubs. Ooh, that's a tough question. I'll start and I'll say Cubs winning the World Series. Yeah, I agree. I will say the Cubs winning the World Series is a better bet than the White Sox finishing 500 also. But it's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I'm putting money on it in Vegas, I'd probably go Cubs. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I, part of me says don't put it past them, man. I think the White Sox could be over 500. Hey, part I'll, of me thinks it could happen. I'll take this. I'll take it happening earlier than expected. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you're making it in the playoffs, but yeah, I think you guys could definitely be over 500. A few games go your way. Some of the rookies show up. You know what I mean and show out. It, it could happen. You play a lot of games against Detroit and Kansas City. You know, no yeah. offense, Jonathan, yeah. but uh, <laughs> in a lot of games against those two teams, and they're not world beaters. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's not certainly not out of the question uh, yeah. that, that it could happen. It's it's within the realm of possibility, anyway. Yeah. Well, any other any other kind of storylines, guys? You guys uh, wanted to wanted to tackle before we get into our predictions? Any. Uh... Uh, Ronald Acuna. Looking forward to seeing Ronald Acuna play. What was that game? Yeah, yeah. No, from Atlanta, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. From Atlanta, he in the spring training, his slash line was four thirty two, five twenty nine, seven twenty seven. Wow. uh, So he's he's going to be raking. It's he's going to be a star. Wow. I I knew I knew he was highly touted, but I I didn't follow his spring stats. Yeah, and he's getting treated like Chris Bryant did a couple years ago. They sent him down so that they could have a extra year, of, an extra year on him. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah. Yep. And he already turned supposedly he turned already turned down a thirty million dollar contract, like a five year thirty million dollar contract. Though he kind of denies it. Um, well, that, that's the trend, you know. Lock them up early, you know. Yeah. For, and I think the players' association might be getting in their ear about that now, saying, "Hey, maybe don't do that." You know, we well, uh, we got to get some leverage here. Who's this kid that got signed the other day that hasn't that hasn't had a, a big league at bat yet or played in a big league game? You, you guys know what I'm talking about uh, from I Philly. Forgot. From yeah, Philly, right? yeah, Scott Carey. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, obviously yeah. The players' association will will uh, will certainly push back on, but. It's an interesting trade. It kind of started a few years ago with Longoria. I don't know if you remember, like, right. he got a fairly small deal for the type of numbers, you know, like, second year into his career, I think. It's and always, was, yeah, uh, it's, it's always interesting when players do that. I, I, you know, I guess they say that, you know, some players bet on themselves, and the idea is, is I'm going to, I'll make the league minimum for, you know, the first few years, and then... I'll go to arbitration and eventually I'll cash in huge. But, you know, I certainly get where Kingery's coming from. I mean, this is a kid that split last year between double A and triple A. And I think he got like $26 million guaranteed and he's got options that locked him up for six years. And then he's got three more option years after that, um, that would, could pay him. I think the deal could pay him like close to 70 million. If, wow if it winds up uh, all the options being exercised. So that's pretty great security when otherwise you're looking at making, you know, the major league minimum, which would be good money, you know, for, for me, I, I, I'd be happy, <laughs> yeah. to do it, but you know, if you're playing with all these other guys that are making millions of dollars, uh, you know, it certainly would be nice to kind of take care of yourself for life before you have your first major league at bat, you know? So, um, I think that if I were in his position, it would probably be pretty tempting to to take one of those deals and just yeah. kind of, you know, guarantee yourself uh, some kind of long-term future for your family, you know? Yeah, and we could just put it out there now to the, the Players Association. The four of us are available. If you need, uh-huh. a war, you need a warm body on the bench and that's pretty much it, and you'd like to pay us like a hundred grand, I'd... I can eat sunflower seeds all day. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all great in the clubhouse. We're yeah, guys, right. yeah. Eds, if you're listening, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of intangibles here with all of us. Nice. We're all well, scrappy. Let's talk a little bit about how this thing shakes out in the later months, particularly October. Um, we've been tasked with. Uh, Coming up with the ALCS and the NLCS and the World Series champs. Uh, before I get into that, though, I'm, I'm not gonna. We're, we're not gonna do the wild cards. But to me, that was like kind of. I, I thought about that for a little while because my picks are kind of unsexy and kind of bland. Uh, the only thing interesting, really, to me, was kind of like deciding to be national week wild. Card. Um. Can I just talk about that for just a second? Yeah, yeah, can you speak up, though? You're really cutting out. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah lean forward. Yeah, lean forward. All right, lean forward. Um, sorry, I got a got a hamster on the treadmill uh, powering everything here tonight. <laughs> um, but anyway, the uh, 
it was interesting to me because like you know in the American League I think it's fairly cut and dry and that it's things have changed. The National League right now is I think much better than the American League. Yankees aside, um, I I I thought it was I I had a hard time with the National League wild card because I thought it could have been Milwaukee, the Rockies. Um, I think the Giants are kind of a long shot. They spent a lot of money, but I don't necessarily know if it's going to pay off. Uh, there's also Philadelphia could be ready a little bit earlier than people expected. Um, but yeah, that was that was Arizona as well. There were like six or seven teams that are capable of the wild card slot in the National League. So before we get into our predictions, I'll throw that out as another story that the National League I think is is more exciting, right? For sure, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But it still has its dominant teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. There, I, you know, I read somewhere the other day or heard somewhere that you know there were, I think, eighteen teams had losing records last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there really is a divide. I mean, there's huh. there's there's a pretty clear front runner in every division. I would argue, other than the American League East, maybe where you yeah. can you know you could say Boston and New York are are both pretty strong, but otherwise. It's uh, pretty clear cut who the who the best team in the in, in those divisions are, and there are some bad teams. Um, yeah, there are there are just there are some bad teams out there as well. So yeah, I think that that's a good point, Gabe. There are some there there are some interesting options for that National League wild card, and I was thinking about uh, that as well because I you know I thought maybe we were going to discuss wild card, and I was looking at it and. You know, you can make a case um, for most teams in the National League that if everything broke right, they could possibly win 85 games. You know, there are a few teams that, right, probably. you know, you couldn't argue that for. I mean, obviously Miami, uh, you, you'd really be stretching it. Uh, San Diego, probably stretching it. Uh, but there are some good teams, and I uh, – I don't know. I, I, you know, I even think Atlanta is, is potentially a little bit frisky, uh, particularly if uh, if this kid comes up and has a rookie of the year type season. Freddie Freeman is a is a great hitter, and I don't know. Atlanta even is a team that Dansby I think. Dansby Swanson. Yeah, they're going to be interesting. Farm system's loaded too, so if it's not this year, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's certainly in two or three years, they're going to be – I mean, they've got so much – I've never seen a team I, I, that has so much pitching. Uh, it's 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 incredible. Even if you just, like, forgot about their prospect hitters and just looked at their pitchers, uh, it's just, my gosh, they're going to put together a homegrown rotation that's, that's going to be really, really good. Steve Avery's making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Merker. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Uh, well, well, let's let's jump in then to uh, the ALCS. We'll start with we'll start there, and uh, I think each of us can just say who we've got, you know, in the ALCS and who who wins that. So, uh, Ricky, you're our guest now. Why don't you Why don't you start? Who, who do you see in the ALCS? Well, you know, um, again, there are so many good teams, and when you get into the playoffs. Uh, who knows what's going to happen in that first round? Uh, best out of five, it's you know hard to say. But I'll 
I will go in the ALCS with uh, Cleveland and Houston. You want me to pick? You want me to give you the winner now or just the matchup? Me, you the winner. <laughs> on the winner and then hold off. Okay. Hold off yeah. on the winner. All right. Well, I, I, I'm going to go with Cleveland against Houston. I think that's a uh, terrific matchup. And, uh, you know, certainly Boston and New York. You know, if anybody wants to pick those teams in there, I get it. But, um, I, I like uh, I like Houston to get back uh, in a position to defend their their title from last year, and of course Cleveland is just a year removed now from from almost winning the World Series. So I think that that would be a pretty epic uh, ALCS. Mm-hmm. Cleveland didn't really add anybody in the off season, right? Or did they? Did they get well, uh, they lost Santana. Uh, you yeah, know, the first yeah. thing to mind they had yeah. they got edwin and carnacion um last year last year though yeah yeah yonder alonzo they picked up yonder alonzo to uh to replace did Santa. they have a pitcher that just got hurt i think danny salazar is opening the year on the disabled list i i believe uh, but no, I don't think, uh, off the top of my head at least, uh, I, I can't think of any major acquisition that they uh, that they had during the off season. I mean, I, I think Santana for Alonzo is probably about a wash. Um, so you know, I think they're more or less the same team that they were last year. But that's plenty good, you know. Yeah, still got probably you know best pitcher in the American League most likely. So uh, wow, take that, Chris Sale. Hate that, but uh, well, I'll do. I'll go next. Um, it's. Uh, I think it's tough. The AL East. I, I, I threw my hat into the Yankees ring there, and um, I got Yankees and Astros. I think the Astros are obviously the safest pick, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you? So repeat of last year, right? That was last year's ALCS, correct? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, I got yeah. the same thing. I know it's boring as fuck, but I got the same thing. Yeah, I got <laughs> over the Astros. I I want to like the Twins. You know, I mean, uh, well, they're in the White Sox division, so I can't like them too much. But um, I was kind of buying into what they were doing last year, and I I think they'll be competitive again. If I had to pick mm-hmm. the wild card, I, they would I would slot them in for one of them, the second one probably. Um, but I just. They're not better than the Astros of the Yankees, you know. I, I just, I, I, I just couldn't go, couldn't, couldn't see Minnesota going to this. But uh, I like what they're doing. They're definitely ahead of schedule. Uh, and I have uh, Cleveland and New York, uh, the Yankees, yeah, mm-hmm. in the ALCS. Not the Astros, though. No, the no, the Astros are are still hung over. They, they slip out. Yeah. Yeah. Don't see a repeat. All right. Uh, there, there hasn't been one since what ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. Yan- Yankees. Mm-hmm. Well, now we'll do the NLCS, and then you know we can we can do the World Series uh, matchups after that. Um, NLCS are a little little more intriguing, I think. Um, I've uh, I'll, I'll start off here. I've got uh, I've got I've got a repeat, though, but I, I've got the I've got the Cubs and the Dodgers again. That's me too. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I wrestled with it because I like what Colorado's done. Um, 
Although I think they need, they still probably need more pitching. You know, I, I like I, they got John Gray for the Rockies. You know, they've never really had, and in their whole history, obviously the altitude has a lot to do with it. They never really had an ace. You know, David Need basically was the closest <laughs> they've had to an ace. You bought uh, Jimenez had like a couple of good years. That's about as close as I can. Pedro Astacio was okay <laughs> for like a year or two, but yeah. that's a rough place to pitch, man. Oh, yeah. Humidor like, or not, that's a that's a tough gig. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's kind of like the the San Diego for pitching. You know, big name pitchers don't want to go to Colorado. Big name hitters don't want to go to San Diego, you know, even though even though they're both lovely cities. You know, <laughs> It's uh, not uh, not somewhere they want to go. So that that's kind of the question mark for me. I, I mean, I love the Rockies lineup. You know, I mean, Lemayhew and Arenado and Blackman. But they got two potential. You know, Arenado and Blackman could be one and two MVPs, quite frankly. Um, but uh, I don't know unless they can unless they can unless they can trade for a starter. Uh, maybe I, I just don't see it happening there. Um, Arizona looks okay, you know, too. I mean, they're, I don't necessarily know if they've improved, um, but they're still competitive. And then, uh, you know, the Brew Crew, I think that's probably the sexy pick for a lot of people. That's kind of the, you know, the, the trendy one. Um, I think that that's the team that people are kind of falling in love with before the season starts. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're really good. I just, I don't. I, I, none of those teams that I just mentioned are, are just have anything that could, that could compare with the Cubs or the Dodgers, in my opinion. So it's uh, it's not that exciting, but that's that's who I got. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, uh, Los Angeles and Washington in the NLCS. The Nats, huh? They always. <laughs> I pick them every. I I, I pick them. I think twice to win the World Series within our predictions, and <laughs> I just I've abandoned them. They've let you down too many I, times. I think finally, yes, Strasburg is going to go thirty-seven and zero with a one point two ERA. No, they got worth <laughs> off the team, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, no, I mean I think yeah that that starting pitching is is competitive and. Uh, uh, Bryce Harper have MVP's type year, and and uh, Adam Eaton, Trey Turner, getting it done. Who's, who's, you guys have to give me my, uh, my cold is catching up with me here. About but I, 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 listen, I'm I, I, the Nationals. I'm all in on the Nationals this year. So, oh, uh, Bryce Harper is uh, due. I think to have another crazy good season. Scherzer's awesome. I think Strasburg is. Uh, I think Strasburg's going to have a, a a huge year. So uh, I, I'm in. I'm I'm a buyer on the Nationals. So I've got Nationals and Dodgers myself also All right. in the uh, LCS. One thing I noticed now that we've made our championship series picks, two teams that spent a lot this off season that none of us. Um, unless we, we picked them as wild cards, and I, I didn't, but maybe you guys give them consideration. Uh, the Giants and the Angels are kind of two teams that sort of are trying to win the old way, which is basically opening up the checkbook and 
signing high price veterans and seeing if it works for a year or two. Um, I don't see it. I, I don't see it panning out for either one of those teams with well, a lot of noise in the off season. The Angels, are, you know, I'm not an Angels fan, so I, you know, it's well, what do I care? Right. But uh, it kind of it, it bugs me a little bit that in some ways I feel like they're kind of wasting Mike Trout's prime. Yeah. Uh, you got you got this guy who is the clearly the best player in baseball. He's historically great. By the time that he's done, realistically, he may be considered one of the three, four, five best players to ever play the game. If you look at his WAR numbers, and they're insisting on playing Albert Pujols, who God love him. Albert Pujols is one of my favorite players. Uh, oh he was in his day. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a was a tremendous hitter, but I mean, he is just a bag of suck now. Right. And, uh, you know, he, he can't run, he can't hit. He, I think he had a negative war last year. I think he was the worst, uh, worst player in baseball by, by war. And they've got him right there in the middle of the lineup going over four every night, uh, you know, hitting, you know, weak ground balls to so, short all season. And, and how much is he getting paid still? Like, you know, like, like $25, $30 million. Yeah, yeah. And they're on the hook for him through, I think, his age 42 season. So they, they, they've got like still like another $80, $100 million or something invested in him. It's ridiculous. And, I mean, he's done. It, it, it's got to be hard to play with a giant fork sticking out of your back, you know, and he's, he's, he's just terrible now. And, you know, God bless him because he's a historically great player. And I, I loved watching him in his prime, but he's killing them. And, 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 you know, it's not his fault. They're, you know, he, he, sometimes I think you just have to realize that, you know what, we spent the money. The money's not coming back. Uh, you know, we need to get somebody else in the middle of the lineup that can play. Because yeah. Albert can't play anymore, and I think it's dragging that team down. He's going to cost them. You know, as opposed to what a normal cleanup hitter or you know number five hitter would give you, uh, you know they're, they're they're probably losing five games this year just by running Albert Pujols out there every day. So, um, you know, I think that I think that I picked them as my second wild card. Uh, I had them as one of mine as well. Yeah, but but they should be uh, <clears throat> they should be better than that in in my in my opinion you know and Albert Pujols could be the difference between them making the playoffs or not i you know he really could i, I you know i hate to come out so negative on somebody who <laughs> seems like a good person and has been a been a tremendous player but he's just got nothing left you know right. and it's brutal to watch he 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 looks like he's in pain you know, next time you watch an angels game and you know, God forbid Pujols hits a double or something. Watch that guy try to leg it out, man. It He looks like every step he takes, uh, you know, it uh, hurts him. I don't know if, he, if, you know, his wheels are bad or what the deal is, but it's 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 hard to watch somebody who was once so good. Yeah. So not good now. Yeah, it's like Jordan on the Wizards, right? Yeah, it, it really is. Or Willie Mays in the 1973 World Series. Oof, it's oof, it's yeah. just sad. You know, it's just a reminder that, no matter how good you are, uh, you know, Father Time remains undefeated. You know, right. yeah. They, they spend, it's 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 an organization to me that uh, that spends a lot of money with getting very little return. Like they signed Justin Upton, I think, to a big deal, which he's uh, at times great but inconsistent. Um, 
Gosh, you know, they got but they didn't have to pay anything for Otani, so they made a splash with Otani, but they didn't have to pay him anything. That was a good move. I mean, yeah. there, but uh, yeah, they had to pay his team, you know. But uh, good point. They, they got yeah. Lucky. yeah, but they got lucky, you know, with the fact that uh, they got him for uh, a bargain, really, and they need him to be good. I mean, you know, you're talking about the fifteen fifteen club, and if he can establish the fifteen fifteen club. Then you know that that obviously would be that'd be everything for that team. If he does that, I don't. And Trout stays healthy, I you know I can't see them missing the playoffs at that point. Rotation All is right. kind of you know they the, the pitching. I don't think they take them deep into the playoffs unless they uh, unless they're able to get somebody else in the offseason. I think the same thing for I mentioned the Giants as well. I mean the Giants like basically got a lot of 2013 All Stars really basically this offseason, um, like McCutcheon and Longoria. Yeah, they might have got somebody else as well. And now now Bumgarner is hurt. He's going to miss what, at least two months, three months, right? Something like yeah, that. They're, yeah, they're saying like eight weeks. Um, so yeah. that sucks. You know, he got hurt last year, obviously with his dirt bike accident or you know whatever that situation was and they never really had him i yeah the plan to go out and get the 2013 all-star team is you know it's not going to work if if bumgarner's only going to be able to make 15 or 18 starts so yeah right away you, you you start to call into question the the wisdom of trying to hold it together with duct tape you know yeah all right. Well, let's uh, let's go into the, the World Series picks then. Right. Let's let's uh, what, what do we got here? So um, I heard from a couple of you. It won't be the Cubs, right? Um, Ricky, you 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 had what? You had the Dodgers and the Nationals and the NLCS. I've got the Dodgers and the Nats in the NLCS. So, and you know, it's no disrespect to the Cubs. Um, you know, at a certain point, when you look at when you look at the National League, you look at the American League. There's there's going to be a powerhouse team that, you know, at least one powerhouse team, if not a couple, um, that don't make it to the league championship series. So the Cubs just are the team that I, you know, left out of the party. But, uh, you know, if we're looking at it realistically, and you know, they probably have at least an equal chance to get to the NLCS as, as the teams that I picked. But, um, you know, my crystal ball was saying uh, Los Angeles and Washington, so... That's what I went with. And so, who did you? Who wins that? I'm going to yeah. take the Nationals. Okay. I'm going to take the Nationals. You know, to uh, to go to the World Series. Uh, they've uh, they've got a lot of talent. They haven't been there yet. They've you know they've been knocking at the door uh, a, a few times, and uh, so I think on the strength of uh, of Bryce Harper and a lot of the other uh, talent that they have in their everyday lineup. And especially uh, the top of their rotation, uh, I'm going to I'm going to say that maybe Scherzer and, and Strasburg uh, could it could be a one-two punch that could really cause a lot of problems for uh, other teams, particularly in the playoffs. Yeah, that those those are two guys I'd want in the playoffs. That's for sure. Yeah, the new yeah. Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, one-two punch. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, it, that's a that's a pretty good comp, actually. Yeah. So, that, so are we, who does that put you then against? Who do, who do you got them facing then? You know, I uh, I, I debated that one a, a lot. At, at first, I at first I thought Houston. 
<clears throat> you know, and I just speaking for myself, you know, my, my history of uh, prognostications here is not real good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, I get hung up on last year's teams a little bit too much, you know, and I predict success for them again the next year. Um, and that's kind of plagued me. So then I thought, well, maybe I'll go with Cleveland. But Houston is just so good that uh, ultimately I'm going to pick that the Astros to go back to the World Series and uh, again and have a chance to defend their their title uh, uh, against Washington. Okay. And who you got? Um, who do I have? Well, <laughs> I am going to... I'm going to go with the Washington Nationals to win the World Series this year. Uh, I'll, I'll take Washington over over Houston. Let's say in seven games to uh, to claim the first World Championship for uh, uh, the Washington Nationals. Nice, nice. Levi, what about you, man? What's what's going on? Um... I uh, so in NL I had the the Cubs and the Dodgers and I'm a homer so I think the Cubs are going to make it back to the World Series. Yeah. Um. And then the Yankees and the Astros is a tough call. Um. I I chose the Yankees. And I possibly think the Yankees could beat the Cubs in the World Series. I'm kind of like. 51% Cubs, like 49% Yankees. I think I think if the World Series comes to the Cubs and Yankees, it could be really close. I think it could go almost either way. Yeah, I uh, I don't think the Cubs this year will have a pitcher as good as uh, oh uh, who pitched for the Yankees, say Severino. Um, I mean that guy's that guy's gonna be really good. I mean he's. Uh, you know, he's he's my Cy Young pick if I had to pick somebody this year. So uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. The, the, I'd, I'd have to look at the Yankees rotation one to five. Uh, I mean, the Cubs did lose Arietta, but we picked up you Darvish. So uh, part of me thinks that the the rotation for the Cubs isn't gonna. That's an update. Isn't gonna, gonna yeah? Isn't it's not gonna drop? Oh know? no. So, you know, it's a tough call, especially, you know, the Yankees is, they still have Tanaka, right? Is he still on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so did you pick the Yankees over the Cubs, Levi? <sighs> yeah, I think you kind of glossed over that there. You... Dude, I, I partly <laughs> thinks it could happen. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say that. I, I, this is me saying that and then saying, I hope I'm wrong. But yeah, I think I think if it comes down to a World Series, I think it could be Yankees in seven. Yankees, Cubs, Yankees in seven. All right, all right. Well, I've got the I've got the World Series matchup as Levi. I've got the Yankees and the Cubs. But I'll say this: I I, I think this is your your second title, guys. I, uh, I, I, I I'll I, take it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I hate to just say it like that and all, but. Um, yeah, I, you know, this is a team kind of uh, sort of in its golden era right now still. You know, last year, I don't know, they just kind of shrugged it off, you know, like whatever. You know, the Dodgers beat them. Dodgers were tough, uh, played harder at least. Uh, but, yeah, I I like what you did with the bullpen. You know, I, I like that move. Um, I, as Jonathan mentioned, I think, uh, I, think I, I mean, I, 
I would say Darvish is better than Arietta. Um, I, I would I would say I mean, obviously Arietta had that unprecedented. Yeah, I think the upside with Darvish. Is yeah, higher, the next obviously. two years of of Darvish will be better than the next two years of Arietta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so yeah, I I, th- I think he's definitely an upgrade. So I mean, I I, I like the top of your rotation quite a bit. Uh, and like I said, I like what you did with the bullpen. Um, you know, Schwarber, they cut him in half, basically. You know, I mean, hell, he got lost 30 pounds. Um, There's two Schwarbers so now. He was so – he must not be used to his new body. He was so fast that he overran a ball in the outfield. <laughs> I don't trust him. I, I don't trust skinny Schwarber. <laughs> The thing you got to understand is, is as a fat guy, I, I like to have a few fat guys out there in baseball. In the league, right? yeah, yeah, I feel like he left the fraternity, you know. <laughs> I don't I don't like this in-shape uh, schwarm. Oh. You know? yeah, hanging out with Brian Rizzo, working oh. out shit. Uh. Yeah, you know, I mean, give, give the, you know, do, do something to inspire us fat guys, you know, so... <laughs> I'm disappointed. I got to be honest with you. You know, he's a, and I'll tell you, if he doesn't get off to a good start, there's going to be some people, you know, saying, "Oh, you know, he that he he got into too good a shape or whatever." You know, (laughs) Um, but hopefully he has, hopefully he has a big year. You know, even if he is, you know, all svelte, and I'm jealous now. You know. Circle to stock up on some calories. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, we could send them like an Italian beef per week, just like keep <laughs> sending them Italian beef sandwiches. Hey, listen, if he, if he gets up to a bad start again this year, you know, believe me, people probably will, you know. Although, you know, he struggled last year, uh, you know, uh, when he was not in such great shape, but uh, I gotta hope that he has a big year. And, and, and speaking about the Cubs, also, I I think Tyler Chatwood was a was a really good signing. Uh, I think he's kind of um, I don't know a little bit of a diamond in the rough because his his stats from pitching in Colorado were somewhat inflated. But his road uh, ERA, I guess, like over the last couple of seasons, he had one of the top ten road ERAs in baseball. So as in not uh, Colorado. Yeah, he can. be a really sneaky uh solid signing that they made so uh and of course their hitting lineup is you know they you know again madden's gonna have to juggle guys around a little bit to make sure that um everybody gets enough at bats but yeah i mean i like your line of thinking gabe Uh, i hope that you're right and i'm wrong you know (laughs) yeah me too well you're all wrong because what i have foreseen will come to pass (laughs) Cleveland will sweep the Yankees oh so sweetly in the ALCS. You see, I threw the Yankees a bone by getting them to the ALCS, ALCS, but they will get swept by the Cleveland Spiders. And then in the NLCS, Los Angeles over the Nats in six. Ultimately, in the World Series, the Dodgers regain their prominence after 30, this will be 30 years, over the over the Cleveland Spiders in five games, it won't be that great of a series because for some reason, uh, Kluber and Bauer will uh, run out of gas, and uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw will get uh, all four wins for the Dodgers <laughs> in the uh. World Series. Um, no, uh, yeah, so Dodgers over Cleveland in five. In Gr- the World grows Series. a third bionic arm as well. Yes. <laughs> 
even though they have other, they've had other good people cycle in and out of that rotation. I'm always at a loss, like who else pitches for them other than him? You know. Yeah, like, yeah, it's and, tough. Right, yeah. I mean, you you have um, uh, uh, Alex Wood and Kenta Maeda and Rich Hill and and Hyun Jun Ryu uh, round out the rotation. Um, okay. uh, Rue and, uh, Ryu and, and, and Maeda's health has been on and off. Rich Hill's, you know, the renaissance that is Rich Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot about him. Oh yeah. I forgot it. Yeah. So we've got, everyone says to look out for this kid, uh, Walker Bueller. Uh, you know, I, I keep hearing all these great yeah. things about him and that at some point he could make a, an impact in their rotation because, one thing about the Dodgers is, you know, they always have a lot of injuries in their rotation. It seems. Oh, yeah. Rich Hill is will give you like 125 really good innings, <laughs> but uh, you know, he's going to miss some starts. And none of those other guys are known for their durability uh, either. So uh, I would I would say Bueller is a guy to look out for, and um, you know he he could be a dark horse rookie of the year type uh, type guy also. Yeah, good tip. Four different teams, right? Four different winners among all of us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Dodgers, Dodgers Nats, Yanks, and right. Cubs. I like how that, yeah. I like how that shows up, guys. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most important things for the Cubs is, it, Ricky mentioned earlier, Billy Press, and the Cubs got to get back to where they once belonged. You know what I mean? And and in, when I say that, I think I, I'm talking about their bats. Because last year, it seemed like in key situations, they could not get hits. And and that was not the case the year they won the World Series, obviously. So, um, yeah, I think that, that should be the song in the in the Cubs clubhouse this year. Get back. Theo, right, Theo would be open to that. <laughs> well, talking about the 70s for a second, Jonathan had an idea here that he wanted to, 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 to toss around for a minute. Um I'll let you take it, man. You, sure. Uh, you can... So, I'm assuming back in the 70s, uh, they didn't have at-bat music. Like, players couldn't choose their own at-bat music. Maybe something kind of generic was played on the organ. Um, Ricky, you might be able to speak yeah. to this. I'm assuming that there wasn't necessarily a PA system playing a pop song. They, apparently, it happened sometimes. You know, it's funny. I don't remember it. But um, I was actually having a conversation about this with uh, with Ellis Valentine uh, a couple of years ago. We were at a Texas Rangers game, and uh, we were talking about walk-up music. And you know, Ellis, you know, Ellis made the All Star team in '77. I think he came up in '76, and so uh, played through the early '80s. And I actually commented to him. I said, "Well, I said if you had played in the walk-up music era, what would you?" what song would you have used? And he said, oh, he said, I had a song. Really? And uh, Yeah. And his song was uh, Music Box Dancer. Do you remember that song from the 70s? Look it up yeah. if you don't remember it. It seems like it's antithetical to uh, what a walk-up song uh, would be. <laughs> yeah. But I was surprised. But yeah, he told me that he had, had walk-up music that he used. So huh. I do not remember it from my own childhood, but at least it was... It must have been used at least on a on a limited basis. Interesting. Or maybe Montreal was maybe Montreal was just cool. 
you know, and, and they did. I don't There's know. a guy spinning records at a booth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speak, speaks French, you know. Yeah, we oui, we. Oui. <laughs> they yeah. had that. They had that Olympic sound system in there. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little bit, I guess. Like, uh, like today. Apparently. Yeah. Feel like a person like Palmer and yeah, walk up songs, you know, things that like are really antithetical. But like, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and like who who would have been hip enough? Uh, I, I was thinking, uh, you know, Willie Stargell, uh, obviously uh, Willie in the Hand Drive, you know, you, you from specifically Eric Clapton's 461 Ocean Boulevard. Um, yeah, that. Okay. Uh, 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 one of the better ones I thought of was Steve Garvey's Werewolves of London because his hair was perfect. Um, Always, yeah. <laughs> uh, Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson, Sultan's a Swing, Catfish Hunter, Year of the Cat. That's for his Walk to the Mound music for Catfish Hunter. Um, Ken, Ken Griffey Senior. In in a uh, uh, in a very soothsayer sort of way, plays teacher children by CSNY uh, for his at bat music, uh, foretelling the coming of King Griffey Jr. And then finally, uh, for the entire Cincinnati Reds, just like every batter, Pink Floyd's "Welcome to the Machine." <laughs> just beat it into them <laughs> so so ricky I, i've got a few songs for you that uh if, if yeah. you could uh i, I couldn't quite pin a, a player to them so but you could probably do better uh talking heads psycho killer oh my god talking head psycho killer um that's got to be that maybe al herboski uh Whoa. coming out of the Nice. That Hungarian. He was he was scary anyway. That's good. Know, so That's that would good. Uh Neil Young's uh, Like a Hurricane. Oh my gosh, like a hurricane. You know, I'm imagining uh you know who let's see, somebody coming out of the bullpen. Maybe uh maybe you get like a goose gossage mm. coming out of the bullpen, yeah. you know. Uh, to, a side armor? Any side armors? <laughs> Gosh, you know, I'm trying to think. Like, who were the who were the great side armors of that time? I mean, Kit DeColby had that great, mm. uh, you know, uh, submarine <laughs> style delivery. It was pretty good. Maybe Yellow Submarine probably should have been his. <laughs> he song. needed a goofier <laughs> song like Yellow Submarine. I think. Yeah, you know, they were those canary yellow jerseys anyway. So. Goofy looking dude. <laughs> uh, what about Aerosmith's "Back in the Saddle"? <laughs> oh my gosh, "Back in the Saddle." God, who do who do I like for that? I don't know, man. Gabe, what do you think? I mean, in the saddle. Um, I'm kind of at a loss. Like, I'm like, is there anybody with like an equestrian type name? I have to I don't, maybe, maybe it should be a Red Sox player. You know, somebody from Boston. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe uh, Fred Lynn or yeah, maybe a Fred Lynn. I could see that working for. Uh, I could see that working for a Fred Lynn or. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe Carlton Fisk. Fisk you know? I'll take Fisk. Okay, yeah, Fisk. Fisk would be good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last one. Bruce Springsteen's "It's Hard to Be a Saint in the City." I was trying to think of a New York, good New York player who was a ne'er do well. Oh gosh, um, <laughs> probably Joe Pepitone. Uh, to, to, to be honest, but uh, thinking of like the late seventies Yankees, kind of the. Billy Martin, Steinbrenner era Yankees. Um, gosh, who would that who would that apply to? I mean, uh, 
Jeez. Actually, uh, maybe just Billy Martin. <laughs> maybe just Billy Martin. Honestly, can we play mound visits? That could be a song. Mound visits, because I think that's an untapped. I like it. That says Billy Martin to me. Steinbrenner plays it passive aggressively. Yeah. So I'll throw one out. Like, what would Doc Ellis's song be then? Oh my gosh! It's something psychedelic, other than Lucy in the Sky, right? I yeah. was gonna say yeah. <laughs> maybe like, uh, gosh, uh, maybe, maybe get some like Jeff- Jefferson Airplane going. You know, elevator or something yeah. would be pretty good for Doc. Nice. It's tough. Nice. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, thanks for uh, for uh, uh, humoring me with that segment. Yeah. <laughs> you had some good. Too, Jonathan. I, uh, I, because I wasn't quite sure of the angle, you know, when he told me about it, and I was like, oh, wow, it works perfectly. All right. Yeah, you know, have a little fun. Yeah. Let me, let me see here. Can I, can I open this pack, guys? Yeah. Um, and then, well, actually, you know what? Let's talk about, before I do that, before I do that, Rick, the 70s, he said 74, and then Levi, you want to talk about the, um, uh, the, 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 this, 2018. Yeah, I can do that real quick now if you want. Well, first, we're going to have Ricky talk about 1974 tops, okay. right? Okay, yeah, sweet. God, you know, I mean, listen, that, the, all, the, all the 1970s tops designs are, are special to me in one way or another. Um, I have every top set from, from the 70s, from 73 forward. Uh, 70, 71, 72, they're a little pricey. Um, but I love 74. It, it, 74 is not like necessarily maybe the one that would jump out to people. That's probably 75. 74 is the year with the dual flags, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. It's the dual flags. The, the photography is pretty good. Uh, you know, there's some good action shots in that, in that set. I always liked, they had, uh, you know, how some sets back in those days, they had the facsimile autograph on the front. Yeah. Uh, 70, I think 71 and 77 are the only two uh, sets from the 70s that had that. But 74 had the facsimile signature on the on the back mm-hmm. of, of the card, and it also had a cartoon. And I've you know I'm always yep. I was all about always about the cartoon. But, I, oh yeah. I, if I'm on the fence about two sets, I'll I'll give the edge to the one that had a cartoon on the back. So. The 74 set had had a cartoon, and unless I'm going crazy here, I need to get like a 74 card out and take a look at it and make sure I'm not talking bullshit here. But I think that they have a, a cartoon on the back as well they as do. a facsimile signature. They do. You're right. Yeah, I'm looking at the back of, uh, looking at Frank Duffy, the back of his card right now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So it's a, I just think it's a really neat set. It's a re- nice, clean-looking set, and so it always has appealed to me. I also have a little bit of a soft spot for uh, 1978 and 1979 because those were the first two years that I collected cards. And so both of those sets, uh, you know, have tremendous nostalgic value for me because I was six years old in 78 and I was seven years old in 79 and baseball cards were new and awesome and I would spend hours, you know, just like going through the the piles of cards and looking at the backs of cards and seeing seeing what guys hit in 1971 in the minor leagues and 
all that good stuff, memorizing that stuff, you know, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. so, but, but, uh, there's not a bad set. I, I don't think in the entire 1970s from tops, you could, you could make an argument probably for any of them is being your favorite. And, uh, I probably wouldn't argue, uh, you know, with somebody's opinion on that. Yeah. A couple of notes on the 74 set as a kid, I always remember it was the set, um, Ron Santo was on the White Sox, and uh, Fergie Jenkins got traded to the Rangers. And that was the year, 74 is the year on the traded cards. It's like yes. bright yellow with red letters, and it's like traded, like like, right. like, a, like a quarter of the picture. Is yeah. That. You're just branded, you know, just like yeah. a or, or something, you know. You're yeah, yeah. Scandalous. Uh, I'll tell you another thing that I like about the 1974 set is – uh, how tops jumped the gun. You know, the Padres came very, very close to moving to Washington uh, for the 1974 season. I mean, they came very close. And Ray Kroc, you know, McDonald's, uh -huh. uh, came in at the 11th hour and bought the team. And, you know, they didn't go, but they were very close. They had the uniforms designed and, and everything. And I've tweeted it out uh, a couple of times on Super 70 Sports. Yeah. Well, Anyway, you know, Topps, um, some of the early printings that they made, they called the Padres Washington what? National League. No kidding. Wow. It, yeah, it, the the Willie McCovey card. Exactly. Wow. And, and in fact, there are, I want to say, there's somewhere around maybe 15 uh, or something like that, 15 different players that have a Washington national league variation yeah the willie mccovey card he's got an sd hat yeah and the logos on the card are brown and they just say washington national league they sure do Whoa. and and those are those are fun cards i think i have the complete washington national league uh error set you know but i but i remember when i was a kid seeing some of those and you know when you're seven eight years old and you know, whenever you came across like older cards, that was awesome. You know, somebody had an older brother or something, and so they had this stack of cards from, uh, you know, when you're when you're ten years old, five years ago is like half your life. So, yeah, right, yeah. Thinking, well, these nineteen seventy four cards, you know, it's like they're ancient. <laughs> they're ancient, exactly. And so, you know, I, I had a, I, I'd seen a couple of those when I was a kid, and you're just like, what's going on? What does this mean? And so maybe that was part of my fascination with it, but. Uh, but I love that set. I love all the top sets. Great looking George Brett card that year too. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a gorgeous uh, it's a gorgeous set. You know, it's back in the days when obviously Tops was still doing the four headed monster rookie cards. Yeah. Uh, you know that uh, in those days. So there's there's some cool uh, cards like that in the set. And uh, Dave Winfield's rookie card uh, is from that year. That's a neat looking card. So yeah, seventy four is kind of my favorite among equals i guess right on but i'm well, dying to know what gabe's got in that pack there <laughs> i'm gonna make you wait just another minute buddy i'm telling you man listen Levi, i i want to hear what you got to say but I, i'm admiring gabe's patience because i would have cracked into that i'm like mr al with the tootsie roll pop man well here um i'll do first what i'll do first is um at the beginning of the year, Topps releases the Topps Series 1, and then they also release the Topps Heritage. And I am not a, I don't know, I guess, if it's Series 1 Heritage as well. 
Um, this year, the Heritage set is based upon the 1969 tops. So here is Quintana. Jose. Yeah. yeah, they do. They look really nice. Um, the pictures on these cards, they do a really good job of always having nice, real big blue skies in the background. That's German Marquez. It's a big spring Rockies. training blue skies, right? Yeah, yeah. I love this card, the Eric Sogard. He's even got like the 1969 glasses. Like I don't. That's my mom's favorite like, player. Yeah. Right. Like I don't know if they made him put those on. They're like, here, wear these. It's 1969. Um, do you remember these guy. cards? Back in the day, they obviously don't have the the contract with them anymore. But do you remember they would have the sporty news inserts? It was like one of the first insert cards. This is kind of based off that as well. Oh, cool. Good move. Yeah, yeah. yeah Corey Seager. And then uh, the other insert I got, I guess this is how the rookies are in Heritage, based on the 69 design, where you just get the two. Nice. And this is one of the inserts in the set this year. They're like old 1950s-style photos. Oh, cool. Salvador Perez. Oh, that's like the... Uh, awesome. That, the decal edge. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. 69. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I don't, you know, again, I don't want to be like the turd in the punch bowl here, but I'm going to tell you my problem with heritage. (laughs) And I think, and I'm, I'm going to say right off the bat, this is like Albert Pujols again. I'm going to go on a rant. Okay, those cards are beautiful, and I, I personally find them more aesthetically pleasing than you know the 2018 design. The problem that I have is, you know, last year, of course, you know, as Levi was saying, it's a 1969 design. Last year was 1968. Next year, we'll be cracking into the 70s uh, with the with the design, which is going to be neat. But the problem is, is they single print so many of the star players. Because last year, I decided that I was going to collect the Heritage set. So I bought like a bunch. Like I've probably got like, or 500 that I just ripped out of packs. And I realized when I'm like three-fourths into this process, like, hey, I still don't have Bryce Harper. I still don't have Mike Trout. I still don't have this guy. I still don't have that guy. You know, I've got yeah. eight, you know, of, of this oh, yeah. this guy here. And then I realized that they're doing this, I don't Short know. Print. They've done it with all their sets, though, it's recently. So, it's yeah. so gimmicky and terrible yeah. that you know, and, and so, you know, if you actually want Mike Trout, you're going to have to go on eBay and, and buy him, yeah. sucks. buy him, whatever. And to me, it took a lot of the fun out of it. You know, if you're going to do the Heritage set, to me, you should have like a chance to get anybody. And I don't want to burst your bubble even further, but <laughs> they had done this 1969 set, I don't know, 10 years ago. I think I have, when Rich Hill was on the Cubs, even, I, I have... Uh-huh. I have a, a, I don't remember when it was, but in the 2000s, the, they did all these Heritage 1960 designs then as well. It would be really neat if they moved into the 70s. I, I would I would definitely dig that, especially, what was it like, is it 72 tops or three, the one where it's real colorful and like the, it's got like the arch photos, like the yeah. photos. I think that's, you're probably 72. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, is, but yeah, I agree. And then also one of the things that gets me about these now is there's no there's no whole team. You know what I mean? Like in this heritage, you're only going to get eight or nine guys off your team. 
that's like your team set from these is is never all you know whatever twenty five players or whatever. Yeah. So moving on to what Gabe is about to crack open, we'll give everybody a little sneak peek, and I'll show my two uh, inserts that I pulled, and then we'll let Gabe start ripping. Um, this is twenty eighteen tops, and I'm going to try and hold it to not have there be any glare. It's very photoshoppy on the bottom. Yeah. Um, Requisite. You know, it is like a full bleed photo, which is nice. Fleer Ultras. I was just about to say Fleer Ultra, yeah. yeah. They do remind you of the old Fleer Ultras. Um, That was Clint Frazier's rookie card. Uh, The only Cub I was lucky enough to pull was Javier Baez doing a big leaping. That's a good shot. That's a good photo. Oh, yeah. It's a great, great shot of him. Like I said, though, I think the bottoms is getting just a little too... I don't know. Like it all, it's almost too distracting. Yeah, they need to like reel it in. Do half of what they did. And, and this was a jumbo pack, one of the ones where you get you know like two packs worth or whatever. That's what I typically buy. And then uh, my my two inserts, of course, I pulled completely Mister Irrelevant now. Two Andrew McCutcheon on the pirate inserts. Oh, one is this cool, nineteen eighty three tops looking card, which is really cool. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I uh, I couldn't believe that both my inserts were McCutcheon. So uh, I'm right. hoping here, Gabe, you don't get a whole pack of McCutcheons. We'll see. All right, here we go. <laughs> There's an error at the plant. Fifteen McCutcheons, one pack. All this is it, who do you most want, Gabe? I mean, who's who's your uh, most wanted card? Yeah, a modern player. Maybe like say, a not Ron Carcavante. I don't, I don't know if – well, they probably didn't put Jimenez since he hasn't made the White Sox. I mean, he's not on the uh, the current roster. Yeah, Mikado would be nice. Or, um, you know, I don't, do they have Otani cards? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they do. They do. Play they do. Okay. And it says pitcher slash DH on it, which is cool. That would be cool. I can get behind that. Um, you know, I like, uh, I like Hunter Pence. I think he's I think he's a fun player. Um so I yeah, he's probably like my favorite non White Sox player. Um so yeah, here we yeah. go. All right. So we got we got Mike Mike Fears. Is that how that's uh, down and to your left. There you go. There, there you go. go. Perfect. Now, now forward. And to your left. There you go. Got it? <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing all this go. on my phone. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Right there. Yep. Right. <laughs> all right. J A Hap. I don't know that Hap. Oh yeah, he used to pitch for the Phillies. Yeah, and the uh, Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah. Now he's back. I think he was traded for Roy Halladay. Oh yeah. well, I think you're right. Now that you say that, yeah. Uh, Daniel Norris. I don't know. Tigers. Daniel Norris. Yeah. Pitcher, Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this. I guess this kid's going to be pretty good because he was like the. Uh, the main chip in the uh, Kristen Yellich trade. I got a future stars here. Oh, nice. Lewis Brinson. Yeah, he, he could be a stud. Pull it back a yeah. little bit to your left. There you go. Oh, it's got the future stars at the top. I see. Okay, okay cool. It's a full card. I'm with you, though, Levi. I'm not crazy about the design, though, otherwise. So is he? does he have a Marlins jersey on in that? No, it's a Brewers jersey. Okay, I was going to say, man, they pumped that out quick. <laughs> he played about 20 games with them last year. Yeah. 
Ooh, ooh, I got a good one coming here. Uh, not this one, but this is Dylan Peters from the Marlins. Okay. Yeah. Wow, good. Yeah, that's a good one. Insert. Look at this. This is the 1983 style Frank Thomas. Video. Oh, kick ass! Score, buddy. There you go. That's nice. That's better than Cotter right there, dude. That's, where... that's sweet. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And then this. You gotta get a sleeve for that, Gabe. Yeah. That's... I hope you got a sleeve handy for that one. That's sweet. Um. And then this. I don't know. These are these highlights cards where it's got this kind of narrative on the back. This is a Jeter highlights card. Oh, God. That's another thing that Topps does now. They just shit hammer you with Derek Jeter cards. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Like, babe, like random Babe Ruth inserts. And it's like, okay, man, I give Babe Ruth is great. But unless it's his rookie card, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mickey Mantle for a while. Remember that? Yep. And they yep. would jam Mickey Mantle into yep. everybody. Ooh, I got a good one here. Um, I don't know if... Now, this isn't his regular card, but they still do league leaders. So this is Altuve. Okay. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, got the league logo in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So batting Now, fans. see, if that was just the league leaders cards and that was it, I think that would be fine. I think if they worked on, like, a different logo scheme for the bottoms on them... Yeah. ...for the regular cards to not be so... I don't know. I think it just detracts too much for some reason. It's too gaudy. So is that a sideways? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a horizontal card, but this is Daniel Murphy, National League batting average, but on the back it lists him as third place. (laughs) I guess you get a third. You get a card, huh? What's going on here? So who who finished? From the the oh yeah, Blackman, yeah. Uh, They're like, no yeah. one wants a Blackman card. Take that, Charlie <laughs> Blackman. Yeah. Weird. That was kind of nice. Uh, still doing the team card. So this is the Brewers team card. Nice. Dugout shot there. Yeah, yeah. little narrative on the back. Um, I don't know. Cam <laughs> Brosian. Is that Steve Skid? Steve Skid playing now? <laughs> Steve Bedrosian. What's his name? Cam Bedrosian? Yeah. Yeah, somebody could get on the horn and check if that's... uh, Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. I'm on it. And imagine there's too many Bedrosians that go through baseball other than the other ones got to be related to each other, so... I bet it is. (laughs) Um, And then the last one here... uh, uh, He's on the Cardinals now. I got Marcelo Zuna. Okay. Nice, nice. Diving over the wall, nice. Yeah. Yes, Cam is yeah. the son of Steve. Okay, figured as much. There are a lot of second generation guys right now. Huh. Small. I mean, you got McCullers, and uh, you know, was it like Mark Leiter Jr. is on the really? Phillies? Oh man. Yeah, there's a lot of them. you know Fernando. I mean, two of the top five prospects in baseball right now are juniors. Yeah, you know, Vlad Jr. and Fernando Tatis right. Jr. Yeah, uh, Bo Bichette, Dante Bichette's kid is like right. a top ten right now. So, like, yeah, like literally three of the top ten prospects in baseball right now are second generation guys. Apparently, there's there's a kid for the A's named Boog Powell, but he is in no way related to Boog Powell. <laughs> um, crazy Wallach's kid. Fought for the uh, for the Marlins today. Yeah. 
yeah. Tim Tim Wallach. Oh, really? His kid is the Marlins catcher. Ah, did not know that. Hmm. Yeah, there you have it. A lot of those guys right now, for whatever reason. Yeah. Just to make us feel old, man. Yeah, I think that's what it is. There's probably always been that many, but we're just <laughs> remember their dads playing when we were young, you know. Yep. Like next season, we're gonna have like Marquise Grissom the fourth getting called. Jose Okendo the third. And well, a lot of fun tonight, guys. Really appreciate Ricky. Really appreciate you dropping by and hanging hey. out with. Thank you. I mean, what a blast. I look forward to it every year, you know, so. Oh, us too. Uh, always fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to remind everybody to check out at Super 70 Sports. Ricky, keep up the great work, man. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's the best thing going. Ricky, I uh, actually, I, I, I'm not sucking up here. I literally almost had a spit take today um, <laughs> over one of your tweets about the uh, Gentle Ben lunchbox. <laughs> Dude. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Nearly a spit take on my keyboard. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the best right there. So, honestly, like if, if I can make somebody laugh like that, you know, then I'm then I'm doing something wrong. So yeah, definitely keep take. it up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All is right. Um, so yeah, remind everybody to follow Ricky at at Super Seventy Sports. Uh, look forward to the book coming out as well as the talk on uh, April seventeenth in Chicago. So, yeah, go to Super 70 Sports. Check out his podcast as well, Super 70 Sports Podcast. I uh, also want to remind everybody you can follow us on the Instagram and the Twitter at Rock in Chew. That's Rock as in Nat- was it? Na- Washington National League, right? That was the, the reference earlier tonight. Yeah, yeah follow us on uh, at Rock in Chew. Like us on Facebook. Uh, and also you can check out all of our archived episodes at Rock Chew. Dot com. Until next time, hope everybody has a great 2018 baseball season. Peace out. Peace. Peace.